The emotions don't exist in time. You know, people will say like, well, I don't need to deal with that because that happened a long time ago. Well, it may have happened a long time ago, but what we're going to find out is if you still have unprocessed emotions about it, because emotions only exist in the present moment. It starts right here, deep in your heart. Tom Rutledge and Dr. Alan Berger bring over 90 years of clinical experience to this important podcast, and they offer you a guarantee. You will gain something of personal value from each episode. And now, what matters most. It starts right here. Start right here. That's where we're always starting. As far as I know, that's where we've always been starting. And I'm Tom Rutledge, and welcome back to our. Ep- what episode is this anyway, Patrick? How many? How many? How many episodes have we done? Nearing our 40th episode. This will be number 38. So. Uh, oh, that yeah. explains why I'm feeling a little stiff. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> Getting old. It's uh, and and there's Patrick Patrick Newman, our our wonderful producer, and with me as always. Uh, Dr. Alan Berger. How you doing, Alan? Well, I'm doing great, and I'm, I'm very excited about how we're going to be evolving this podcast mm-hmm. in a couple in a couple more. Maybe on our, on our 40th, we'll change. Maybe that could be a goal for us, is I like even numbers like that. Yeah. So maybe one more start right here. And or, or we need to do 40, and then... 40, and then 41, we start the new one. Let's do that. So t- there's going to be two more start right here. And then we are going to pivot, you know, Tom and I and Patrick have been talking and, and the real buzz right now is this emotional sobriety issue. And, um, you know, Alan, that's not, no, no, no. It's not the real buzz is it's, it's what you do. It's what you have brought. I mean, this is, this is, this is, this is your, this is your, I mean, I'm not suggesting this is all there is to, to your life's work, but this is in one way, your life's work. I look at your, your, your therapy, your, uh, your books, all this other stuff. You know, I, I have been happily, uh, discovering along the way is joining you with this uh, since the, since the the COVID thing began and we've been spending so damn much uh, quality time you know together it's it's that that close to everything I've written also fits into this subject matter it's like but I didn't think of it in those terms but you are the person who 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 tuned in who zoned into I I have a cat that is just driving me crazy here it's uh, the to the to Bill Wilson's emotional sobriety, uh, and I pointed out to you recently. I think that that as far as I know, when when Bill Wilson was coming up with emotional sobriety and writing, beginning to write about it, you were being born, and and I have I have a theory that that you and Bill are working together, have been working together in in some other realm about this. But but in all in all seriousness, this this is not just a buzz. This is this is what you have done. And we and because we've been doing the the Thursday night, you've been doing the Thursday night group and had Patrick and I join you with that. It's like uh there's just been more and more and more interest in this. And um people just really tune into this emotional sobriety thing because it is the healing below whatever ails you. 
It's like it's, I like it's what you said that one day when we were talking with Vince and, and who were writing the other mm-hmm, book mm-hmm, with emotional mm-hmm. sobriety one day at a time. He said it's dependency underneath the dependency. It is. It's, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. I mean, that was so well articulated. So I, I mean, think well, th- yeah, and think about it. But so anyway, that's I, I just jumped in there on that, but but it's like it's more than it's more than a buzz. It's it's it something that that is you know, and and it's like. It's it's, it's it's something that you, that you have been doing, working really hard. You've been working your ass off to bring that this idea and these concepts, not just the, not just the term, but the concepts to to the rest of the literally the rest of the world. As our as your Thursday group is beginning, it's become so international lately. Uh, so it's it's a big it, emotional sobriety is um, it's a big deal. And uh, and you and and you deserve a lot of credit for for bringing it bringing it out and help helping all the rest of us look at it and focus on it and well, learn I, about it. I appreciate that, Tom. And I I don't want to in any way ever um, understate the role that you and also Patrick. But I would just want to start with you that you've played in this thing is played in this whole mm-hmm. this whole. Um, bringing this forward in the degree that we have together mm-hmm. i mean i've always done this but there's something that you've brought to this it's back to that thing about it's a synergistic relationship right yeah the, 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 that, yeah. you know i bring out the best in you you bring out the best in yeah. me and and that's what i think is happening on that thursday night look we mm-hmm. started with 20 people yeah. When we first had that Thursday night emotional Mm -hmm. sobriety meeting, Mm -hmm. we had 20 folks show up Mm -hmm. and we were happy that we had 20. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We were wondering if we were going to get anybody. Mm -hmm. And 20 is now turned into last week again, we hit 200. Mm -hmm. And they're coming from all over the world. We got people coming from um, Europe. We got people coming from Australia. I mean the United States. And, 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 yeah, and I really and I also want to just just a shout out to those people uh, who are who are listening to our podcast that it's it's you know you know I I I bitch about the fact that you have your meeting at seven o'clock, seven PM on Thursday and it's nine PM on, on for me. It's like so so I I've been complaining to you about that from the beginning. These these people in Australia, it's a it's a different day. It's a, it's already tomorrow there, which is I've I've been working on that a long time trying to figure that out but in in europe i I think they're up in the middle of the night i you know but these people go to great lengths to be able to join us and it's it's uh that i really i really do not ever take that for granted but i agree with you i think i I think in some ways you and you and patrick and i and 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 some others some others who sit in with us you know we're we're a good band yeah, you know, right. and it's and it's it's like I think we do we we I, I use that metaphor of not being a musician, but I'm going like, you know, that we do our solo stuff, but we but we really do work well together, That's and right. I like I like the sound we make. I agree with that. And Patrick, you're a part of this too, because if it wasn't for your efforts at recording us and editing us and getting this stuff posted you know that the word wouldn't be out there and we wouldn't have you know some of our shows have had already 2400 listeners you know in terms of the emotional sobriety stuff and and it's going to just continue to grow and grow and so patrick i also don't want to in any way not recognize the, the contribution you've made to that well and, and i'll toss in the other pieces as, as we're uh um as, as we're g- giving some credit to each other here is it's uh 
And one of the things I think we really t- turned a corner when when you, Alan, said to Patrick one time early on in the, in the podcast is, you know, just ch- chime in, be a part of the discussion. And I really, you know, I really, I really consider Patrick a, a, a part of every one of our discussions. And I think that he and, and, and you know, and, and it's not it's not just age, but but true, truly the fact that he is so he is significantly younger than us. He does bring a different perspective to things than than, than we have. And I and I appreciate that, Patrick. You have to unmute yourself. Okay. How about now? We we just complimented you <laughs> and all of your technological stuff, and you can't turn right. your microphone off. I immediately, off. Uh, you know, <laughs> slipped into the phantom zone. Yeah. No, but I, I was I was going to you know uh, say thank you uh, for the kind words, and then also in regards to the Thursday night meetings, it's just inspiring to see the links and the links that people will go to to stop feeling sick. Uh, because I recognize that uh, impulse in myself. I mean, it's what, uh, among the reasons, high on the list of reasons of why I do the show with you guys every Sunday. It's It all contributes mm-hmm. to the, you know, long recovery after yeah. a period of uh, being away for a while. So one of the things I've always said about doing this for a living is that, you know, by, while doing being a therapist or being somebody who's a presenter or in this case, do the podcast and that kind of stuff is never a substitute for doing your own work, your own therapy. We do have this wonderful advantage of being in this stuff all the time. You know, one, you know, one of the things I, you know, that I, I, I think in terms of if there's such a thing as reincarnation, you know, I must have just been so screwed up for so long that, that, that God just decided to make me a therapist to see if I might start catching on. And it really it, it took a while, but but it's like it's but it really is a wonderful thing to be able to be a part of all of this on a daily basis. And it's it's, you know, makes it makes it damn hard to forget what it is we're supposed to be doing for our own recovery. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's no guarantee that we do it, but it's a, it's a constant reminder. Yep, that's right. Well, look, we, you know, as, as we have two more shows left, I, you know, one of the themes that's been coming up with a lot of the people I've been working with lately, and we even hear it on Thursday night, is how do we take care of unfinished business from the past? Yeah. How yes. do we deal with these feelings, with these resentments, with these wounds, with the trauma that we've experienced at some point? previously in our life and i thought that that you and i could have started dialogue with it tonight maybe we'll be (laughs) continuing it next time but you know what are some of the ideas we have about that and and what makes that such an important thing how can people start to address these things so that they can get some freedom out of it i mean i still share with people all the time tom one of the one of your nutshell wisdoms is you know, it's important sometimes to go in the past and to learn as much as we can from it. And then I love your, your, your little encouragement and then get the hell out of there. Yeah. Learn, <laughs> learn, learn from the past and get the hell out of there. Yeah. That was, that was I, I, originally before it was edited, it was get the holy fucking hell out of there, but it was like <laughs> fast. Yeah, fast. <laughs> Because you because you can because that that's one of the dilemmas is that you can get lost in there and it's it's very important and that's also one of those places where uh, as you refer to in in uh, and sometimes working the steps but also just in in the whole process it's so important for us to have enlightened witnesses for us and guides and things like that and that's that's one of the the you know and I'm not saying we can't do 
some you know uh, work looking back at our past and exploring investigating our past and freeing ourselves from that with on our own with with good books and and workbooks and things like that or, or listen to the podcast but but uh, it really helps to have some somebody or some I always believe in people should have depth on the bench that there should be more than one person but 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 to somebody to guide you through a lot of that stuff because when you get back into the past where that original programming was put together and and and, and originally installed it, it's it's treacherous territory yes it's quite treacherous and there's a lot of stuff that can come up Right, yeah, a lot and, of stuff that can come up. Well, and, and and this is one of the things that's come that's come up with with some folks with me recently is is uh, and it's, it's always, but it's, but we've been talking. I've been talking about it uh, uh, the last couple of weeks with with one client in particular, is that we'll go like we'll say, well, I don't need, I shouldn't have to deal with that because I know that's that's bullshit, you know, because it's from our our past. But it's like like kind of like when I tell people, it's like, look the people we work with, the, the, you know, our logic is not broken. Our practical thinking is not broken. It's like, it, it's not, it is, it is the unconscious belief systems that, that, that are held over from the past that create the problems. You know, the, the, the question I give clients a lot of times that first confuses them, but, but then it brings about quite a lot of enlightenment is not only make a list, but keep a list, uh, start a list of, of things that, that I know are not true, that I absolutely believe, you know, that, and see people go, what does that mean? Well, well, it's like, it's, it's like, that's what that programming is. That's the stuff that that little kid inside of us learned to believe because we, we, we weren't questioning anything back in those days. We were just absorbing what, what was in our environment. No, that's right on, man. And, and, you know, the first thought I have in terms of you know, what can we do? How can we start to give people a perspective of this? Is that, you know, you and I are very much present-oriented therapists. Is that we really like to focus on what somebody is doing in the here and now. And we see the present moment as the place that somebody can make change, that somebody can now learn some new ways by becoming aware of things they're doing and also by exploring and discovering new possibilities. Well, you know, it's the only place, but you said it's the only place we can make change. That's right. You that's know, that's, that's that, our belief. It's the only place yeah. that we can make change is in, in, in the now. And, you know, and I've seen that in the work and when we've worked and done demonstrations with clients that you do. And, you know, so people come up with, well, then if, if right now is, is all there really is, right, in terms of my working, then what do I do with the past? And, you know, I know the work I do and I've seen you do it is we bring the past to the present, is that we invite people now to, if let's say it, you know, for me, when my dad died in, in 1971, when I went to this weekend marathon workshop in the midst of all of that great human potential movement. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I was talking about the, the therapist did this Today, I consider it such a basic exercise, a group exercise. He says, I want everybody to close your eyes and think of somebody you need to say goodbye to. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's real basic group therapy one-on-one, right? It's kind of, and of course, you know, at that point in time, I hadn't dealt with any of my feelings towards my dad and the loss and the grief and the, the, the very, very complicated loss. It was, it was quite a traumatic loss. It's, 
you know, what I know today is that when you lose someone, there's a certain amount of grief associated with that under natural conditions. But when you lose someone under conditions that have a trauma associated, someone's murdered, they're dying of cancer or some other horrible illness, or there's a sudden car accident or a surgery goes wrong, situations like that. Now, in addition to the grief, you've got a trauma attached to the grief. <laughs> and so now that becomes a complicated bereavement, right? It's not your typical you know, just grieving process. My grandfather passed away 95, for example. You know, I'm sad. I'm going to miss him. He's been a part of my life. But my grandfather's 45. He got ran over by a bus. I mean, now that's a whole different deal. You know, you're dealing with the trauma of losing someone under, you know, what these are is horrendous conditions in addition to the loss that you're experiencing. So the guy goes and says, well, who do you, you know, think of someone you need to say goodbye to. So my dad died in 1963. It was my father. And as soon as I said to him, well, I lost my dad in 63 and I've never said goodbye to him. Mm -hmm. What did he do? He threw a pillow in front of him. He says, okay, your dad's with us now. Say goodbye. <laughs> I mean, he brought the past to the present. Right in that well, moment. He sh he's shown, now, now I'm just picking at language here, but he's shown the light that you had brought the past to the present because emotions don't exist in time. It's like if, if we actually have, pro you know, people will say like, well, I don't need to deal with that because that happened a long time ago. Well, it may have happened a long time ago, but what we're going to find out is if you still have unprocessed emotions about it because emotions only exist in the present moment. And so you can look at, the, you know, I draw little timelines out and say, okay, well, this ha may have happened back in, you know, this, this year, but it's it's like the emotion, because, of course, I'm sure what happened to you at that point, which is such a, like you said, such a simple thing and something as a therapist, I, I, I it's all when I hear you say that, I got I, I got to remember that, too, that sometimes the simplest things we say are going to have a profound impact on somebody because they haven't done this before. We take it for granted. We do it all the time. It's, but but the idea is I'm sure the moment that pillow got in front of you. Yeah, I'm watching your face now. Your your world changed. Oh my! I mean, and and that's see, all he had to do. And what you're saying, see, at that point when I said that, I did not have the awareness that I was bringing the past to the present. Yeah, you didn't know it was. I here. thought I was talking about the past. Yeah, yeah. you thought it was back there. But so it was very interesting because as soon <laughs> as that pillow got put in front of me, now I was aware that the past was very much present yeah and it was all that was present and now there was a whole you know i today i think of it as almost a, an imperative i mean the experiences i had wanted resolution what was going on inside of me i wanted to find some closure and holding that stuff off and pushing it aside mm -hmm to you know at the end of that i realized how much energy i had expended to repressing those feelings holding it, holding it out yeah well oh. for, for instance for instance what what did you feel in your body the moment the do you remember i'm sure you do remember the 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 moment the moment the pillow was in front of you what did, where did you feel in your body i i what happened my chest opened up yeah. Every time you've heard you talk about that, you touch your chest, you, your hands go chest. like magnets immediately to your chest. Yeah. It just opened up and all of a sudden these words. And I, I mean, it was really weird. I mean, 
in some sense, I was having an exorcist moment where all of these things were coming through me Mm -hmm. that I didn't even realize. This is how out of touch I was with myself. Mm -hmm. You know, how I put myself to sleep is the way I think of it now. I put myself in a trance to not feel any of these things. And all of a sudden, these words that were so connected to so much pain and so much suffering and then anger and loss and all kinds of things just started to, it was like the floodgates got opened. <laughs> my, my experience with that, Alan, is, is I went to, you know, do you know Bedford Combs? I went to Bedford's uh, Bedford trained with, with, uh, with Sharon Wexider Cruz. And so he, and he had his own week long codependency program back in the eighties. And, and so there I go off to that think, thinking that I was going to a workshop to learn how to teach clients, how to beat pillows with a bat. You know, that's what, you know, that's kind of my thing thinking about that. So it was, uh, we did this visualization about inner child and then, which was, which was bizarre for me and, and very, uh, I'll, I'll tell about it sometime, some other time, uh, but when we talk about inner child, but it's, um, so I'm sitting there minding my own business, which is the way I like to sort stories. There I was minding my own business and he, and here he, we were beginning the week. And he says, after this visualization, would anyone like to work? And I said, well, me, I would, <laughs> you know, as a, I thought this sounds great. It's like, it's like, uh, and so I sit up there and, and it's like, I mean, with, I swear to you within, within 20 minutes, I'm in the fetal position, sobbing, snot everywhere. I mean, I was, you know, the same, same thing you're talking about once, once they were there and that was that process and, and, you know, everybody has their own way, but it's, it really is like I think of is, is what we're doing is we're shining a light on what is already there. You know, you you had kept the light focused where you didn't have to see. You know, we had our blinders on, but it's like the same thing you're talking about. It's like, it's like I I couldn't speak, you know, because all of this stuff was all, all there all at once. I thought it was there all at once, and what I've learned since then, of course, is it's always was there. It never it's been with me the whole time. That that was why, for one thing, life had been so, you know, I I was not traveling light. I've been trying to clean the wreckage of my past as best I can, but it's very clumsy. I found it to be a very clumsy and messy experience. And, uh, you know, I suppose, um, the most, uh, powerful amends I made is, um, I sat down in front of a, uh, former slash current employer and, uh, apologized for, you know, uh, being under the influence for a lot of the time I was working and, uh, stealing medication from, uh, from my boss and, mm-hmm. you know, just the utter shame. And I, I, I had to read off of a printed statement and I was just kind of huddled over it like a crab, you know, just, mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah. doing my best to not, uh, falter in, you know, he was trying to get through it. Yeah. Yeah. And owning my bullshit. And, um, and I think, you know, I could definitely feel, uh, my heart growing a size having gone through that and, and still standing on the other side. But, um, you know, there's just, there's still a lot of unresolved, uh, things and pain. And, you know, I just, I think I just want to remain open to, uh, 
you know, to, to dealing with that uh, as uh, whenever opportunities present themselves, seizing those opportunities. And well, uh, yeah. well Patrick, that, you're breaking, you make a really good point that I think is important for people who are, who are looking at doing this kind of work is that back in the day when, when Alan and I first went and did this stuff, I don't know about you, Alan, but, but I think, I think we were pretty delusional. Uh, and, 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 and I really do, you know, believe that my, 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 me and my wife, our, our group of friends who were mostly therapists who were doing all this work, really thought that what we were doing was was going in and cleaning all this stuff up and having these amazing, you know, wonderful, intense experiences that were, that were in some ways, you know, adrenaline highs from these these uh, these groups and stuff we were doing. And that we thought that we, I think we really thought that we were just going to be just different after that. You know, that it was, it was, you know, sort of like, like cleaning your closet and staying clean. <laughs> it's like, it's like, but it was the beginning. And I, and I, you know, I appreciate your, your speaking, uh, Patrick, to the idea that this is an ongoing process. It's like, the truth is, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm 67 years old. It's like, I don't, I would not claim that I'm anywhere. In, you know, I learned a long time ago, don't dust your hands off. Don't, don't sit there and say, well, I'm so glad I took care of that stuff yeah, because it's going to, it's going to keep going. It's like, and I think it's important if we're talking about, if we're talking to people who are interested in doing the work is settle in and understand that it's a, it's a marathon. Yes. or a triathlon or whatever, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like the idea is you're not going to go in and have to do it all. You know, we, we have this thing. We're supposed to go in and get it finished and fixed up. It's like, no, you're just going to, you're starting things. You're just starting conversations. You're just beginning to learn about things like that. You're expanding and it's, it's an ongoing thing and it, and it coexists. And this is an important point. I want to be sure we make while we're talking about dealing with the wreckage of our past and trying to, re to re recover from that stuff is we can still do the present tense work that Alan was talking about a minute ago, uh, because that's where the change still happens. And we can come and go from our past. We do not, or when we say past, it's, we've established it's not the past. We can come and go from dealing with our history. And, and, and it, the, history, the history is always going to inform how we treat ourselves now, how we interpret the world now. That's what, and most importantly, in my opinion, that's why history is important. It's, it's to help explain. It's explanation, not excuse. And it's explanation and it's not, you know, and, and it's, it, it doesn't, it doesn't all by itself, just the concept of understanding what happened to us, you know, doesn't change anything, but it gives us an opportunity to become self-compassionate where we could actually respond. And that's what inner child work is all about. That's why pe people are so surprised that, you know, when they say, you know, but I don't want to do the inner child work. I hate my inner child. And then, you know, the, the first thing we tell them is, of course you do. That's, you know, anytime your inner child holds that much pain, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to hate them. You're going to, you're going to be scared of them. You're going to be avoiding them. It's like, that's perfectly normal. And that's what we expect. It's because it's, it's, scary yeah you know it, this brings up an interesting philosophical discussion because it, it goes to this issue about is consciousness horizontal or vertical and in in it it's it's very interesting because i think what you're suggesting which i also believe to be true is it's more horizontal mm. it's not like that there's there's a past that i tap into it's like all of these different 
parts of me exist now, some of which I give myself access to permission to there's others that I hold off over here and keep on this part of the shelf that I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to go over there. <laughs> right. 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 And yet there's energy there. It's not like that. The energy is not there. There's energy on all these things that I've got on, on this level of consciousness. When I start to open up some of these areas that I've been reluctant to, for various reasons and you know or you or you didn't know exist in reluctance didn't so even, you didn't even know it. yeah yeah or i didn't want to know i i think there's some of this stuff that i know for me today that mm -hmm. that like that pain with my dad was so great i it was there i didn't want to know it but part of not wanting to know it it's not that that was a bad thing it was like i wasn't ready to deal with it yet right. i did not have the either support in my life around me and or the maturity to be able to embrace what that would mean. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. you know, that's why you and I say to, to call somebody resistant doesn't make any sense <laughs> because we're saying that they're not wanting to do that is something wrong with them, but maybe my not dealing with that was the right thing until I was in the right place. Well, well, we actually make that assumption. We do make that assumption. To, if, if, if you're, if you're resisting it, it's like, then it doesn't mean it's good for you and you need to keep doing it. It's like, but it's, it's, uh, you know, if you're doing the time travel with the, with the inner child, one of the things I tell people to, the first time you get a chance to speak to your inner child, one of the things you say is, I'm sorry I didn't help you back then, but I didn't exist back then. And, right. you know, and, and, uh, and I'm, and I'm here now and it's, I, and I, and I love your, uh, the philosophical part of the horizontal versus vertical, because that really, that really makes a lot of sense to me. It's, yeah, it's really now, you and I really embrace this horizontal model, right? I mean, we see everything along this continuum here of things I'm aware of, things I'm not aware of, and we just put it all on this thing. And then, and that's where I think we can move in and out so wonderfully with clients in terms of helping them access these different parts of themselves that also exist, like you say, on this mm -hmm. horizontal plane that we're on. Yeah, well, well, we're you know, it's, it's it, that goes to the whole intrapersonal process that I've been that I've focused so much of my work on is is the idea that you know the very the very beginning of, of my first book a page that just says before we are one we are many, yes. you know, and I've said to you before I don't I don't think I knew what that meant when I wrote it but I put it in the book and it's and I look at it now and go like yeah I've had a psychologist one time at one of my training workshops uh, when I was describing the intrapersonal process that I, that I use with clients. And he said, he, he said, uh, he, he said, you're fragmenting your client's personalities. And, and I, and uh, now I tell that story because I like my comeback, which was, yeah, but that's good for business. You know, and, and, and everybody in the room thought that was funny, except for him. But, 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 uh, but, but, the, uh, but the other thing was, is, is he said, he said, you're making everybody into a person, a, a multiple personality disorder. I said, no, I'm helping people see that they're multiple personality, but it's not a disorder. You know, this is that this and we're not talking about the same thing as a dissociative disorder here. We're, we're talking about, we're talking about the fact that the nature of consciousness is multiple, not singular. 
and and the idea that what you're talking about and, and people it, it, and and it is new to a lot of people who first come to see us is that we're going to say no no we we're, we we're not we're not going to see you as just a singular being that is you know in, in these binary things are you good or are you bad you know are you are you smart or are you dumb or any of those things it's like no no there's you're we're all a lot more complicated than that and and that's that's and that's going to that has to be evaluated if we're looking into our history when it comes to uh, self-forgiveness, how much of it is just uh, enough time passes that you just become exhausted with holding in your gut the resentment and disappointment in past deeds or past slights? I would like to be able to do more investigation at some point and, you know, uh, putting uh, the past in its place. But um, until then, I think just uh, trying to get out from under it by any well, means necessary. Um I wrote, I wrote uh, my first book I wrote with New Harbinger publication was called uh, Self-Forgiveness Handbook. And, and it's, uh, it's, uh, I'll send you a copy of it and see if it, if it's useful to you. It's, it's, um, but I, you know, I, 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 I really appreciate your point that you made, which is about exhaustion, because I really do believe a lot of healing happens at the points, points of exhaustion, not at points of great wisdom and insight, but it's like, I mean, the, the simplest way I put that is, is, you know, anybody who understands, you know, just basic codependency where we're just giving our power away and we're doing things for other people, letting other people to kind of define us and stuff. When we, we make breaks from those, the, 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 that kind of thinking, it's not because we become so smart. It's because we get so damn tired. We're too tired to be codependent that day. And so we say, fuck it. And we don't do it. And then the world doesn't come to an end. And then we look at it and go like, you know what? I didn't bend over backwards that, that time. And it's still okay. Just little hints. These are just clues. That's why I think I like the word investigation because we're just picking up these little little clues with that stuff. So I think a lot of it does come from. I don't think time heals the wound. I think, but I think that that exhaustion does pay pay uh, play a part of it. Where we we say maybe I'm tired enough of this to to, to go ahead and put it down. Yeah. Have you have you have you all did you ever see the movie uh, The Mission? With Jeremy Irons and no, but it's Robert got a fantastic Niro. poster. I keep looking at the poster oh. of uh, oh, De Niro holding a sword, and I'm like, I must see this film. Wait till you, wait till you hear the music. I mean, my God, I I I'm 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 talking about the music, and I have I have goosebumps. It's like it is such. I used it in so many of my workshops. It's like, but it's um. Uh, it's a beautiful movie. It's a hard movie, but it's a beautiful movie. But it's there's a there's a there's uh, I'll just recommend the movie to people and say there's a thing with and De Niro is the one who is who is literal quite literally carrying his shit straight up a cliff because he has to do that uh, according to his own belief system, uh, and he doesn't know that he can he can let it go. Uh, and uh, at one point, Jeremy Irons comes along with his with his sword and just chops that chops that uh, rope and lets that stuff fall away. And uh, and De Niro didn't know he could do that and, it's, and didn't know it was okay. So it's a beautiful movie people to see it. But that's what it's that's what that stuff is about. Is it's about getting to a place where you're ready to let go. That doesn't mean you're clear on it at the time. You know, any, I always want people to know when I'm telling a story about, about any of this stuff with, with looking at my history, doing the work in these therapy uh, sessions, uh, I'm telling that, I'm telling those stories with benefit of hindsight. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, I could have told you that story at the time, 
I, I wouldn't when I'm in the fetal position with with you know crying and snotting every, everywhere. I have no idea that I'm in an important moment of my life. Right. I don't know that at the time. I just know I'm hurting. So 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 you know, be kind to yourself, everybody. When you're doing this work, it's like what you, because sometimes what it just feels like is it's just hard and it hurts. We're saying that the fact that you think the issues are in the past is a myth. Mm-hmm. They're not in the past. They're right here with you now. They, they, or they have a story. They have an origin story in the past. They have an origin story, but they're with you right now. And mm-hmm. that's really good news because that means that you are not, you have, you have a lot to do with how they become integrated into your experiences today. You have choice. You have choices, and mm-hmm. that doesn't mean those are readily available until you start to do the work, until you start to mm-hmm. now understand how that's a part of your present and have the, the what I would call, uh, a start to create a new relationship with those experiences, yes. right? To start creating, you could say, a new narrative, whatever you want to mm-hmm. To, to however you want to think about it. And in our second part of this show, which will be next time, we'll talk about how do you create that new narrative. But the whole, the point I really want to establish, because it, it, I've even learned something from this talk today, it's clarified my thinking about it. It's all right here, right now. Mm-hmm. It is about starting right here. Right and it's all with you right here, right now. And that means you and I can find freedom from some of these things because our freedom is not determined by what happened to us, but by what we do with it right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it, I want to say this too, because I, and I, I, and I because th- this is a quite a cliffhanger for people who are really wanting to work with this stuff to say, it's going, in a week, we'll talk about sort of how, how you get where you want to go. But I, what I would say about that too, is, is that, that understand also that what you, whatever you have done, what you have chosen, whether you think of it as a conscious choice or not, and you alluded to this earlier, whatever you've done to survive and to be okay. And to, and to, to you know, what I, what I, what I refer to when I'm talking about myself is I pass for saying, you know, is, is to be able to do that is, is I, I did good. You know, I mean, one of the other thing I tell people to do when they first meet their inner child is congratulate the little one, you know, you did that without somebody telling you how to do it. You didn't have any of our wonderful books to read. You know, it's like you figured this shit out and thank, and thank you by the way, for doing that. So that, so because, because you did that, I'm still here. You know, it's so amazing that, that um, there's this author that I'm just starting to get into and I only can understand about 50% of what I'm reading, but his name is Kurt Goldstein. And he was a neurologist. He wrote a book called The Organism. He lived from 1878 to 1965. And he worked with a lot of soldiers from World War I who mm-hmm. came back from the war with a lot of brain trauma. He was very interested in trying to understand like what was going on with these folks. And it's so interesting, the conclusions he drew. So his first book, that was written in 1934. Mm-hmm. 
And it's amazing the insights that this man has into what you're talking about right here. He Mm -hmm. says, I don't believe there's such a thing as pathology. This is a neurologist. He says, wow. He says, it would mean that somehow people have now that, that they're in a state of being that, that is not normal. He says, every reaction the organism has to some challenge that it is having is a normal reaction. Normal. Absolutely. Beautiful. And he says, we've got to start, stop thinking about disease states and start mm. to think about how is this person now responding to this particular issue that they're confronting in their life? And, and let's just try to understand the response to it. Yep. Is that they're really trying to figure this thing out in whatever way is possible from them. This is the in, this guy had this in 1930s. He was seeing That's this. Right. You know, Kirk, um, one of my favorite authors, Oliver Sacks, writes to forward to this book. And he says, he says, this man's insights, I mean, we need to listen to him, mm-hmm. that, that it, if it, it, there is so much wisdom is what he is saying that we possess and that we don't honor ourselves enough to see who yeah. we really are. And it's yeah. just yeah. everything that you've said, Tom, is that it's like to think of that anything is a deviation from what we should be is, is really barking up the wrong tree well well and we, you and i've said this before that 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 we share we share the the observation that what we do for a living far more than anything else is help people see that they're not crazy yeah you know it's like we're not you know people tell us these shameful things or things they think they're waiting for a reaction it's it's a, my favorite part of the job by far it's like where you're where you're sitting there going like Oh yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. It's like yeah, I you know did that three times last week. You know, it's 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 like it's, it's like it's like it's such a relief when you find out that you're not you know you're that that you're not sick and hor- I mean it's it's hard to accept. You got to work at that. But I love I love Oliver Sacks by the way. So so we have that in common. And I'm going to check out Kurt Goldstein. And I love I, I love somebody anybody who can admit that 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 they can only understand fifty percent. Um, because I might, um, I might even be overstating. Who's, who's who, Dan? Uh, what's uh, Dan Siegel? Yes, uh, neurologist therapist. I love Dan. He is so good at describing these things. I have, I have sat through many of his his presentations, and it's like he makes he makes me understand why therapy works because he describes this neurologically. I understand it while he's saying it. I get it. I get it, and I come out of that talk, and I couldn't explain it to somebody if I try. Yeah, your life dependent on it. <laughs> it's like, but he can do it, and and I get it when he does it. But I don't know how to do it, and I love to challenge myself that way. That's no, great. no, you'll 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 get that if you get this book. It's <laughs> they released it ninety five, and it's uh, it it's it there really is there's some incredible gems involved in it that I've been picking up, and you know even when I just described it now, I I think I'm starting to understand more of it than I thought I understood. <laughs> I mean, well, I you, well no, what, what Richard, like, Richard Bach, you know, and his book Illusion says you teach best what you most need to learn. Yeah, that's right. I love that. I love that line. It's 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 a good uh, one. Yeah, he's a he's a, he's a true nutshell uh, master. Yes. So. Well, this has been a great show, and I'm looking forward to the second show. And 
Now I'm thinking about the uh, John Lennon shirt. We were talking, you were talking about at the beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was it called um, War, um, Warren Free? Worn free. And I was looking at the shirts in there, and there's the Lennon shirt popped out to me, and now it has even more meaning. So I'm going to be getting after it. It says, you are here. You are here. That's what we're talking about. All of you is right here. The sum total of your experience is right here. And your creation of, uh, of who you are becoming is right here, right now. You are here. And you have access to it all. Yeah. Great show, guys. Wonderful to Pe- see you both. Peace and love. See you next week. It's a spiral, not a circle. Goes round, round, round. Before solutions, be your own friend. Never say never in either direction. Look in the mirror, trust the reflection. Right here. Won't you look to your heart? It's always.